everybody. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, joined by Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, Thomas Jones. Uh, thanks for listening to us wherever you get your podcast or watching us on YouTube or statesman.com. We appreciate it, and let's get to it. Um, we're going to talk a lot today about the Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, Red, R- Red River <laughs> showdown, whatever you want to call it at home. But before we get to that and all the fun at the State Fair, Let's take a minute to talk about what happened a couple of days ago. Uh, Texas 40, Kansas 14 over at DKR. Texas improved to 5-0, 2-0 in Big 12 play. Really only one question to talk about this game. One person on this panel has an AP vote, and that's uh, Mr. Kirk Bowles, who's below me on my screen. Uh, and he put Texas number one after this win, uh, took uh, his number first place vote away from Washington, gave it to the Longhorns. Uh, Kirk, we're going to ask you to defend your vote, first of all, but... Uh, my question to the rest of the rest of the group first before we get to Kirk is Kirk Bowles right? Is a noted Texas Homer Kirk Bowles correct with his uh, first place vote for the Longhorn said we'll start with you. Nothing worse in our business than a Homer. <laughs> but Kirk Bowles is not a Homer. Kirk Bowles is right. The Texas Longhorns I don't know if they're the best team in the country, but they have the best resume of the top four teams. They've answered every challenge. They went into Alabama and won by 10 points. And isn't that Alabama win looking better and better as the weeks go by, as they just take took care of that Mississippi double? So I think Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. We know Ohio State has struggled. I think the Texas Longhorns deserve to be the number one team in the country. And I asked Steve Sarkeesian if he's coaching the best team. He says, I don't have a vote, but he had a little Cheshire grin on his face. Didn't he duck? Sark (laughs) believes he's coaching the number one team. He just didn't say it. And I caught that. And anybody that studies body language caught that. I am all in with the duck on this. I hardly ever agree with him on stuff. Now we, we are twins when it comes to takes, but usually, like I agree with him at the beginning of the year on eleven and one, but the duck is on to something. I do think the Texas Longhorns should be ranked number one. PJ, it, it's it's hard to argue. I mean, I I think Kirk's right. Look, this isn't twenty twenty two. You know, Georgia gets votes because they won the title last year, basically because they haven't been impressive. Who's By any metric. Yeah, mm-hmm. by by any metric, and, and there's various people online that measure strength of schedules and quality wins, Texas is the best in the nation right now. I think Florida State, who beat, you know, a two-loss LSU team and they went on the road to beat Clemson, has a tiny, tiny argument, but that's it. Michigan hasn't beaten anyone. Georgia hasn't beaten anyone. Washington, not yet. Um, so, yeah, I agree with the Duck. I don't care if he's wearing those Bevo socks or – Whatever he's got in his drawer, you know, he's right. Underwear. I'm not going there. But it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue. Well, I will argue against. I'll I'll take the contrarian um, <laughs> view on this on this poll. Andy Davis, the contrarian. Yeah, shock, shocking. Um, it's not my my. I guess caution against what putting Texas number one isn't so much against Texas. I have an AP vote for women's basketball and generally when I fill out my ballot I'm not as fluid um, as Kirk is I know Kirk likes to be fluid with his 
his his vote. And I just I don't really believe in docking teams because they won, um, unless there's a absolute reason for the teams behind them. And yes, Texas does have the best win probably of the the teams in the top five, um, arguing for that top vote. But I also think Texas, I mean, tech show me a quarterback Texas has played so far this season. I mean, the best teams, the best quarterbacks Texas has faced um this season because of injuries and um Jalen Milrow just being inexperienced. Best quarterback Texas faces are in practice is their number two and their number three, three quarterbacks. I, I just haven't been impressed with some of the teams Texas has played. Um, I think, you know, for being realistic, I mean, I see our mentions at halftime of these games. I mean, Texas fans are freaking out and wanting to, you know, fire everyone on staff because of some of their struggles. Texas has yet to, you know, play a complete game. They haven't, you know, they've gotten some luck in the quarterback department. This isn't to say that Texas shouldn't be number three or wherever wherever they're ranked. I just don't think Texas has played so well that, you know, a Georgia, because they struggled on the road at Auburn, deserves to necessarily be docked, or that Michigan, because of their, their strength of schedule, necessarily deserves to be docked. It doesn't mean Texas can't get there. It doesn't mean that Texas hasn't had some impressive wins, but I just don't necessarily believe that Georgia or Michigan should get docked because they're winning. Um as opposed to Texas, you know, coming up from behind because Texas had a little, I think we have to be honest that Texas had a little luck in a, with some of the teams they played, regardless of what the ranking says. I mean, sorry, Kansas was number, that was not the 24th best team in the country that Texas played um, this past week. I'm sorry that Georgia played a better team than, than Texas did, regardless of the rankings. And I just don't think Texas deserves necessarily to leapfrog Georgia, even though Texas is, you know, deserves that number three ranking and definitely deserves to be in the conversation with the college football playoffs. But um, I take a different approach to my AP poll than, uh, than Kirk does. And Kirk, we'll let you defend your, d- defend <laughs> your honor here. Well, I, I do think it's a beauty pageant at this point, and we can argue all the different variables, but I think we would agree Georgia hasn't looked like Georgia. Uh, basically, one, as you accurately uh, stated, I, I do have a fluid Oh, uh, yeah, I voted Michigan number one at the start of the year. I had Washington number one a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have Texas number one basically for four reasons. One, uh, resume, as my good friend Cedric mentioned, you know, uh, two is the eye test. I think they passed the eye test. And, you know, a lot of these teams have struggled, and we try to look at it through a four-quarter prism. You know, Georgia was tied with Auburn 10-10 at the half, their first road game you know, of the year. Uh, Third is schedule. You know, I give teams credit when they schedule up and Texas plays Alabama. I give them a lot of credit for that. I I remember when Oregon got uh, crushed by Georgia. I don't, I don't remember where I put them, but I don't think I dropped them out of the poll because they took the gamble and, and went into Georgia and lost. And, and four is balance. They're good on offense. They're good on defense. They're good on special teams and some shakiness by Burt Auburn there a little bit. But they got X-Men, you know, returning punts, and they've got good kick coverage so far. So I don't really see a an obvious weakness. But, you know, you can make a case for, for a lot of different teams right now. And uh, I try to have fun with it, especially in September when there's a lot of sorting out. But those are basically the, the four big reasons, you know, I put Texas number one. And Texas will have another chance to play a ranked team this weekend. Um, someone called Oklahoma. I don't know if uh, anyone's ever ever heard of the Sooners, but um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma. That'll be Saturday at 11 a.m. at the Cotton Bowl. ABC will have that game. College game day will be 
on campus. There'll be lots of hoopla, lots of excitement. Both teams are undefeated. Both teams are 2-0 and in Big 12 play, ironically. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, two good quarterbacks. I just mentioned the quarterback play for the Texas scene has not necessarily been that impressive. Excuse me. But Dylan Gabriel is coming up this weekend. The uh, great former USCF quarterback who transferred to Texas. Missed last year's game with an injury, which you know may be why that was 49 to nothing. I don't know if he's a 49-point player, but uh, Texas has a good quarterback of its own with Quinn Ewers, who kind of had his signature game last year at the Cotton Bowl when he came back from injury and led Texas to that win. So we'll start with TJ, Dylan Gabriel for Quinn Ewers. Maybe not who you got, but who do you think has the bigger stat line on, on Saturday? If I'm picking one of these guys to, to start on my fantasy team, I'm taking Dylan Gabriel. Um, one, they're going to be behind, in my opinion. And I think they'll be throwing a lot to keep up with Texas. Two, that OU offense doesn't have a choice. They don't run the ball particularly well. They have to give the ball to Gabriel, and, and he has to throw it. And look, he, he, leads the, he leads the conference in passing yards, completion percentage, passing touchdowns. He is their offense. If he doesn't put up big numbers, they have no chance. If yours doesn't put up big numbers, Texas can beat you in other ways. So who are, who are you who are you starting on the Las Vegas derelicts? Who's your fantasy quarterback uh, on Saturday? We're bringing up bad stuff, Danny. No one wants to hear about the Las Vegas derelicts. You just won. You're you're on fire. You're good. They're horrible. They're horrible. So let's let's keep let's keep it with good football teams, not bad ones. Um, I agree with TJ. Um, I, th- I think Dylan Gabriel is going to have to chunk it around fifty times for you to have a chance to win. And he's an accurate quarterback, so he's going to complete 25 or 30 of those. And so he's going to have the numbers. Uh, Texas is going to pound. Uh, Sark said it. Uh, they're a physical running team. Jonathan Brooks is going to get 20 carries. They're, go- they're, going to, they're going to pound. They're going to make OU tackle. And the recipe for wins for Texas isn't Quinn yours throwing 35 times. It's them establishing the run or taking advantage of good field position provided by one of the best defenses in the country and, and living on that. And and that, Texas is a take-the-air-out-of-the-ball type team. They have talent at wideout, but but this is what it is. It's a running football team. Uh, Quinn, you're going to throw for a couple hundred yards, but I could see Dylan Gabriel throwing for upwards 280 to 300, and it still probably won't matter. Because like uh, Thomas said, they're not particularly adept at running the football. And the Longhorn defense, I believe, is as good as advertised. Kirk? Hey, preaching to the choir. I had actually had written down, Dylan Gabriel may have to throw 50 times. Just like said, uh, just opined. Uh, He's 75% passer, 15 touchdowns, two picks. So, you know, he is the... Head of the snake, as Texas said yesterday. And uh, get this stat, guys. Oklahoma in the Big 12 is ninth in rushing. Ninth. I mean, their leading rusher, Marcus Major Sr., hasn't averaged 40 yards a game. He's he's the 22nd best rusher in the Big 12. This is like, where the hell is Adrian Peterson when you need him. So they, they might Wait, get with the stars, Quinn, Kirk. I'll take Quinn Griffin at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Billy Sims, Joe White. I mean, what's going on? So I think uh, Oklahoma's going to have to come out throwing and hoping 
hoping they can loosen up this Texas defense to get some running lanes uh, for uh, for the running back. So uh, I think I think Dylan Gabriel is your guy. I agree. He might have 250, 300 yards because I don't expect them to have a whole lot of success running the ball against that Texas front. What do you got, Danny? I mean, give me the quarterback with you for four touchdowns against this Oklahoma defense last year, and apparently can now run with the best of them. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take Quinn, and we'll we'll keep it moving. Um, we 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 spoke about the Texas pass catchers. There is a bit of concern. Tavian Sanders left the Kansas game with a with an injury. Um, as did Ryan Watts, the the starting cornerback. Steve uh, Sarkeesian said both players are day to day on Monday. Who knows exactly what that means, but. You know, as Texas progresses towards a week, which injury are you more concerned about? Which player do you think Texas can't really do without in this Oklahoma game? Uh, Kirk, since you went last not, last question, we'll, we'll start with you first here. I worry a little bit about Ryan Watt because, you know, he's their shutdown corner over there. He's he's tied for fourth in tackles on the team. Has only one PBU because I don't think they throw to – to his side that much. And and in Terrence Brooks and Gavin Holmes and Malik Muhammad, they got they, they got some good cornerbacks, but not the experience that he has. With Jatavian, Gunnar Helm has kind of proved himself. He's only got three catches, but I think you know Sark has a lot of confidence in him and raved about him. And, and let's be honest, guys, they've got so many weapons, you know, for Quinn to throw to. So I would worry a little bit about Ryan Watts if he's if he's not a hundred percent and good to go. Uh, TJ, I think um, Jatavian Sanders is such a unique player. He's almost a unicorn in the college game. He's such a good receiver at the tight end position that it's hard to replace what he does downfield. Gunnar Helm's a nice tight end, and, and he's a very good blocker, and he'll make some plays. But what Sanders does for you down the seams, it, it's hard to replace. I think I think Texas would have to really tweak their offensive planning to account for his absence. With with Ryan Watts, I think you can put – I think Muhammad's due for a breakout game. I think he's a star on the rise. I think if he starts in his hometown in the Cotton Bowl, I think he'd have a great game. So I think Sanders is the bigger piece to replace for Sark and his staff. Seth? I'm going to go with Watts because, I mean, let's keep it real on Sanders. He's been largely overlooked this year. I mean, he and Jordan Whittington have – kind of sat back and watched the others. I think Sanders had one big breakout game. Um yeah, I think yeah, I, I just I just think that Watts being a big corner, big physical corner, uh doesn't get a lot of action his way. They're gonna be picking on T Brooks or or Malik Muhammad. Um they're they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be picking on them. So I, I think that there's more concern in that secondary than uh at tight end. Um, Quinn, Quinn's been throwing it down the field a lot more, um, still deep ball, still hit or miss, but I just, I just think that, uh, they have so much weaponry. I mean, Jordan Whittington doesn't even get any action hardly. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see them throw it to Jordan Whittington, but they, they just haven't, there's not a lot of ball to go around. So defensively, if, uh, Watts is, is out and, I hate that lower body injury. That is so NHL. It just makes me wonder, man, is it his knee? Is he really hurt? They, when they don't zero in and tell you what exactly it is. So I have huge concerns about Watts. I'm going to go with Ryan Watts too. I mean, if this Texas team has shown 
a weakness this season is you can sometimes throw it deep and, you know, hurt this, uh, hurt this team. And that concerns me. I mean, Des Bryant has called Ryan, Ryan, a first round cornerback um, from his evaluation, what he's seen, seen on uh, film and on TV. And that's a compliment from a really good, you know, great NFL receiver, um, 18 straight starts at the cornerback position. You know, if Jatavian can't play, Texas will figure something out on offense, whether that's Gunnar Helm getting more looks, whether that's, you know, you get more looks for Keelan Robinson out of the backfield, or you go one of those young receivers, a John T. Cook or Jordan Wynn Timmer is going to give you 10, 10 catches like you had a few years ago at the Cotton Bowl. I mean, I, th- I think as great as Jatavian is, you can figure out something on offense to, you know, figure out some more targets, but replacing a cornerback like Ryan Watts could be, could be tough. And that's asking a guy like, uh, you know, Malik Muhammad or one of those young guys to do a lot, um, you know, on a stage like this with Gil- Dylan Gabriel coming in, um, you know, and th- throwing it like we know he can. So I'd be more concerned about Ryan Watts, but we'll see what happens with both those uh, guys and whether or not they're able to make it to the Cotton Bowl this weekend. Uh, one person we know is not going to be at the Cotton Bowl this weekend is Mr. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12. It was reported yesterday. Um that he would not be making the trip. The SEC will be sending their commissioner, but the Big 12 will not be sending theirs for this top-ranked showdown. Uh, Kirk, we'll we'll start with the columnist. Uh, Kirk and said, uh, should the commissioner of the Big 12 be at this game? It's the, the two best teams, arguably, in the Big 12. It's a top-ranked showdown. But there's a little drama behind uh, behind old, old Brett and some of his prior comments. So what do you think? Should, it, should he be in attendance or not? Yeah, I think he should. I really do. And... Uh... I even texted Bob Bird of the PR guy last night and asked him, and uh, he didn't get back to me. I mean, <laughs> what? what? What's Bob the second Bird biggest game? What's the second biggest game this week? Is is there another game this week? Is it? You know, uh, uh, yeah, I think you ought to be there. He's representing the conference, and, and until uh, you know July first, they are in the Big Twelve conference, and this is the primo game. And last I heard, I think game day was going to be there, and it seemed like I heard a rumor that both these teams are undefeated. So yeah, I think he should be there. Am I surprised he's not going to be there? No, not at all. Said, I, I know, I know, we don't have great production value on these podcasts, but I, I, I want to zero in on Brett Yarmark right quick. Brett, <laughs> you need to be at this game, dog. <laughs> this, these two schools have made more money for you than any of those other schools combined. This is your last t- chance to cash in and be seen. Joe Castiglione and Chris Del Conte. Oh, they did the Big 12 dirty. Oh, yeah, they did. But that's over with. Be the bigger man. Show up. Answer a couple questions. And then go back and hang out with, Z- with Jay-Z. But if you're not being there, it's not a good look for you. <laughs> uh, Thomas, and please keep us the Zoom to a, a minimum. With Yeah, no one wants to see that. Uh, like, it's it's surprisingly petty on Brett Yormark's um, part, in my opinion. One of these two teams has a really good chance of being in the college football playoff. And the Big 12, let's be honest, may not be able to say that in the years to come. This is their best chance to be represented on the biggest stage. And, and the commissioner is is being a bit petty not to be at the showcase game for the Big 12 this year. Very surprising for someone who is a marketing genius. Let's be honest. Your mark's very good at that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm surprised he won't be there. 
And that was uh, Heather Dinich with ESPN with the reporting. She said that, also reported that Yormark will see um, both teams twice this season. We know he'll be in Austin on Black Friday for the Tech game, and he's seen the Cincinnati OU game. But my personal opinion is if you don't want to be there, don't be there. He doesn't want to be there. Texas and OU don't want him to be there, I'm assuming. And he'll get to see both teams in December when they're at AT AT&T Stadium playing for the Big 12 championship and awkwardly having to hand one of them the the trophy. So, I mean, I I don't think it's the hugest deal if he'd rather go spend his weekend in one of these other Big 12 cities as opposed to, you know, hanging out and getting some corny dogs and, you know, taking the state state fair and one of the college football's biggest rivalries. You know, that's on him. It is petty. It is is silly. But at the same time, I don't think any of us are stunned. And uh, Texas fans and Oklahoma fans will just have to wait a couple weeks to boo him um, because I think we all expect both teams to be in Arlington in in a couple weeks, unless West Virginia keeps winning the way West Virginia is winning, or one of these other teams sneaks into that uh, sneaks into that Big Twelve uh, title picture. But um, really quickly before we get to the real important questions, who you got? I'm taking Texas. Um, not my hesitation. It won't be four to nine to nothing again, but I, I got the Longhorns. I, I think Texas will win. I think they'll cover the spread. That's what six and a half right now. Texas by touchdown, maybe 10. I yeah. think I just think they have different, more different ways to put the ball in the end zone than OU. OU's too quarterback dependent, and uh, Texas' defense is not going to give up as many big plays uh, as you think they will, even though there, there's been a little bit of slippage lately. Texas by 10. You know, this is a cyclical series, always has been, and OU had won four straight before Texas turned the tables last year, so it won't surprise me at all. Texas goes on a little bit of a run now and uh, at the very least makes it two in a row. I got Texas 38 to 24. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the important stuff. The state <laughs> fair. At some point we're going to finish. Our, being honest. <laughs> we're going to finish our you know post-game stuff. We're going to write our stories and then we're going to venture out to the fairgrounds to get some food before we head on back to Austin um, hopefully get out of there by like five, six o'clock. But so I was looking online at the new offerings and y'all, this is going to be bad for my, bad for my, my uh, waistline. Gannett gives us uh, about $50 per DM and I'm going to spend, spend it all. We got deep fried candy, pecan, bacon, bread pudding. We got deep fried honey butter brisket swirls, Let's deep go. fried oatmeal pie, deep fried Vietnamese coffee. I'll get some of that before the game, get, get myself, perk myself up a little bit. A fried fireball shot, a fried Monte Cristo, fried Texas barbecue shotgun shells, cornbread sausage bombs, uh, <laughs> cotton candy re- candy reader, which is I guess is a margarita and co- cotton candy. So, what are you he talking all, dirty what, to me, Danny? What are you going to eat at on the fairgrounds? Are you just going to stick to the classics? Going to get yourself a corny dog, a tur- tur- turkey leg, or are you going to be adventurous and uh, try one of these new offerings that they'll be offering at, on the fairgrounds? Well, I hope you not just, to have any of that before kickoff, Danny. I, I can't live that life anymore. That ten years ago, I might have tried that beforehand, but uh, <laughs> now I had to wait till afterwards. <laughs> what one you of each. Today? Whatever you just said, one of each. I'm gonna get a corn <laughs> dog. I'm sure as heck not gonna put ketchup on it because I'm not a four year old. I'm put some mustard. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna put cinnamon or whatever. David Benda said yesterday. I'm gonna get a corn dog. Then I'm gonna go fry that. Find that fried food. I'm going to eat it. It's going to fuel me back on the drive to Austin. Can't wait. First of all, Thomas Jones, 
I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> and I like ketchup on my yeah. corny dog. I had never liked mustard. And I'm not gonna start now in my golden years, but I'm gonna be good this year. I'm I'm, I'm I've dropped a little bit of weight, feeling a little looking sad. good, looking I'm good. Gonna have, I'm gonna have a deep fried salad. If they are offering a deep fried salad, I'm getting a deep fried salad. What? What? And then Come I'm on. getting a couple of turkey legs to go for me and my beloved Beverly, and I'm taking that slow train to Tyler. I had to go see my baby. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a traditionalist, as you all know, so it's mandatory to have that corny dog post-game with mustard. Ketchup on a corny dog is basically a crime against humanity. Uh, leave that for your scrambled eggs or, or whatever. So, But a corny dog with mustard and a brewski and then hitting I-35 South. That works for oh, me. And don't forget, I got a I got a sample at Floyd's Catfish. Oh, you got to every year, right? Every year. Hey, there's something called a fruity pebble pickle this year. You might want one of those, one of those dandy too. Pickles are just cucumbers soaked in evil. Um, <laughs> and no amount of fruity pebbles or whatever is going to mess that. So I will pass pass on that. But yeah, I'm going to try one of these new fried concoctions. I need one of the ones that has barbecue in it. I got to try try those out probably the first one i can find is what we'll settle on but of course you gotta do the corny dog um you know i'll probably keep it simple with my my beverage just a nice uh, a nice overpriced beer as opposed to this candy rita or uh, fireball shot or whatever but i will say this and um i think when my wife when she listens to this and um one of my good friends uh mary kate who both texas grads both state fair fans who give me grief every year for putting ketchup on my corny dog um, I'm gonna douse that sucker in ketchup. It's it's delicious. It's good. I could care less what what all you haters think. It's Thank it's you. delicious, and I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy myself. And if you want mustard, which uh, is is an okay second place prize, knock yourself out. I won't be putting it on mine, so that's more for you. But ketchup, bring it all to me, and I'm glad all y'all hate it because that just means I don't have to wait in line for the ketchup. So me and Seth are gonna be at the ketchup line, enjoying ourselves and. You heathens can have uh, have your mustard. That's a uh, that that's fine. I guess we're we're gonna have to figure out how to do a poll on one of these, and we can have a ketchup versus a uh, ketchup versus mustard uh, discussion in the comments. Oh, or... mustard win, but I don't care care about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh... I'm trying. I'm eating what tastes good. We know what tastes good, right, TJ? I don't grew, don't I, grew up, we know. I grew up on ketchup. Don't I'll tell Bijan you're not I ate ketchup sandwiches growing up. So. I'm not about to, to get away from ketchup just because a couple of of haters are are, are ripping it. So that's not going to be Go with all the YouTube comments or the Facebook comments or our Twitter mentions can let us know what you think. I've I've seen some of the discourse in our YouTube comments, and hopefully this discussion will be a little bit better than some of that that nonsense uh, going on. We we have some fans out there on YouTube, some people really don't like us, but maybe we've uh, made some <laughs> made some more friends. <laughs> Fred's, uh, bring that on. Bring that YouTube hate on. You think we're, we're going to quit doing for the confidential because, because some YouTubers don't like us? They, you might not like us, but you're watching. Yep, they're hating us while giving us those views, so I'll, I'll take it. But uh, uh, even though Dallas, obviously, I think college football spotlight, a lot of eyes and attention are going to be on 
on the, on the Cotton Bowl and the State Fair. There's some stuff still going on on campus, including on Thursday, uh, the volleyball team now ranked eighth in the ABCA poll. They'll be hosting Kansas on Thursday night and Friday night. Kansas race ranked 17th. So that's two more tests for the Longhorns after sweeping BYU this past weekend. And then soccer on the road on Thursday at number 19 UCF. Soccer's ranked 21st. And then they host Iowa State on Sunday. So um, two more tests for uh, Texas. They try to get back in that Big 12 title race and defend their conference championship. But that's it for the campus stuff. Uh, on second thought, the podcast to listen to while you're driving to Dallas, while you're heading to Gregory Gym or Myers Stadium. Uh, that drops on Thursday morning when that podcast drops. Uh, Kirk said, what are we going to be listening to? Who's who's stopping by the podcast this week? Well, we're trying to arrange a friend of the podcast, Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback. He did the Kansas game, so he got a fresh look uh, up close and personal uh, with the Longhorns. So we're hoping if he can arrange his schedule to have him on, on second thought. We'll get him. Just like we got Derek Johnson. Not, we didn't. We got him we a week eventually. Later. We got him a week later. But uh yeah, you know, McElroy reached out to the duck um at the Kansas game and um he's been on a couple of times and he's he's always got something good to say. So yeah, we'll we'll corral him and um y'all check us out on Thursday morning on the drive off. Preview, preview that Alabama A and M game too. So he's got a vested interest in that. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that on Thursday, Thursday morning. You can find that on statesman.com, wherever your podcasts. Also on statesman.com throughout the week, we'll have all of our pregame coverage for the Texas OU game on that website during starting at 11 o'clock on Saturday. We'll have a live blog. And of course, all our all of our postgame coverage will be on the website as well. So we thank you in advance for checking that out. We thank you for watching this on YouTube or all of our friends on YouTube on the website or listening to us wherever you get your podcast. But that's going to do it for us. We got to start getting ready. Um, I got to start working out, get, get, clear a little room for all the things I'm going to eat on <laughs> Saturday, including my corny dog, doused in ketchup. It's going to be delicious. I'm going to look forward to it. But once again, thank you, thanks for watching us. Um, I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman for said Kirk and Thomas. We will see you all down the road. Deuces. Enjoy this weekend.